Everybody here today and everybody watching online has gone through a season that you would describe yourself as broken or in the process of being broken. All of us, nobody, nobody knows what that doesn't feel like. I mean, all of us have, have been there. All of us have hit what we would consider to be the lowest of lows. One of mine, um, I'm talking about lowest points in my life ever, was the strip search in rehab. Now, we, we, we say rehab. When you're, when you're talking to people and you're trying to clean that up, you say treatment. Um, oh, I've been to treatment. But treatment is rehab, just so you know. They're just trying to clean it up. Um, and when I got there, it was, it was normal. It was like, Mr. Noble, we're glad you're here. And, um, and they were they were glad I was there because they got a lot of money. And, and anyway, they brought me in and asked me all these questions about my family and history. And then they took some blood and they had, I had to pee in a cup. And then they put some little gadgets on me to check my heart rate and everything. And then, and then, and I didn't notice that they, they kept working me toward the back of the building. And they kind of kept taking me through sets of doors that like w- would only open from one end. And I just didn't think anything of it until they got me to the very back. And then they Search my luggage. You ever your, your luggage searched? I mean, I'm a grown man, and they're searching my luggage, and I'm like, you know, and they're going through all my clothes, and I'm like, well, we've obviously answered the boxers a brief question, I'm sure, that all of you have, and so you know, I'm trying to be, make fun of it, and then they turned around, and they said, well, Mr. Noble, now it's time for the strip search, and I was like, oh, wow, who are we stripping? You know, I'm just trying to be funny, because I thought they were being funny, but they weren't being funny, and they said, no, it's, we're, we're going we're gonna to search you. And I was like, well, let me, I can go ahead and kind of help you out. There's nothing in anything here. There's nothing. And they were like, we're about to find out. <clears throat> and if you would have told me six months before then, the six months from now, you're going to be in a rehab facility getting strip searched, I would have called you crazy. But at that point, when I'm, and, and, and I've had some people go, was it humbling? No. No, it wasn't humbling. It was humiliating, absolutely humiliating. But at that time, that's what you would call a season of brokenness. But I learned something. And as I look back over my life, I've learned it over and over and over again. And I hope it helps somebody here today that in God's economy, brokenness always leads to blessing. And so if you're in the process of being broken, I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not even saying it doesn't suck. I'm saying that brokenness leads to blessing. Now, I, I, don't, I didn't used to like messages like this. I used to like messages, um, you know, seven steps to avoid brokenness. Like I, I like those kind of messages because brokenness is, is not fun. But if you're in the process of being broken, brokenness, leads to blessing. I'll show you where I get this. It's from scripture. It's, it's um, in Mark chapter six, there's a popular miracle. In fact, this miracle makes all four gospels. It's the feeding of the 5,000, but we're going to look at it from Mark's point of view. And this is, this is what Mark said. He said, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. Let me pause. It wasn't like a, they didn't have like tour buses and groupies and stuff like that. What it was, was Jesus commissioned them earlier in the chapter to go and tell um, everybody about the kingdom of heaven. And so they went out two by two and they were telling everybody and they had a lot of success. So they came back and they were telling Jesus about it. And, um, told them all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place 
and rest a while, which is a great idea, Jesus. Thank you very much. I've been working really hard. You want me to get some rest, and that's amazing. He said this because there were, watch this, so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to, what's this word right here? Eat. So, so they left by a boat for a quiet place when, where they could be alone. Didn't have time to eat. Didn't have time to eat. I don't, I don't understand that. Because I'm always, I'm always going to eat. Because I, I don't have anger issues like I used to have to, like I used to. I don't, I don't have anger issues, but when I get hungry, I get hangry. Thank you very much. And, and I'm not, I was talking to a girl the other day. She was eating at 3.30. I said, what are you doing? She said, I forgot to eat lunch. You, honest to God, I have never forgotten to eat a meal in my life. I'll make up meals. Like, I'll, 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 I've never, in fact, if you want to make me mad, go to a restaurant with me and sit down. If we're having a conversation, it doesn't matter how serious the conversation is. As soon as we sit down, I don't want you talking to me. You know what I want you doing? Looking at the menu. You know why? We are going to order. No, we're going to talk. We're not in a park. We're in a restaurant. We're going to order. And when you order, please read the whole menu because I don't have time to deal with when you go, I would just like a chicken sandwich. That comes with a side. Oh, it does? Yes, it does. It says there on the menu in size 48 font that it comes with a sides. Oh, where are your sides? They're right there on the back screaming at you. I've been through therapy. I'm good. When we go to Chick-fil-A, like, have you ever been to Chick-fil-A with somebody? You're standing in line, and you get up to the cash register, and you're like, what would they want you to go? And, and you've been there for five minutes, and they're like, mmm. Mmm. The menu has been the same since God was a baby, all right? I mean, how? It was chick Chicken. Give them chicken. Like, I have I've never forgotten it, but, but if I'm on the road or if I miss a meal or if a flight's delayed or whatever, and I get a little hungry, that's a problem. So don't miss this. The disciples start off, they've gone all day, they don't have any time to eat, they're with Jesus, and the purpose of getting away is to spend time with Jesus, but the real purpose is to spend time with Jesus and eat. Exactly. Here we go. But many people recognized them, saw them leaving. People from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Now let me ask you a question. You're an apostle, you're in the boat, you're with Jesus, and you're like, whew, got away from those people. I know you've never said that before, but... but and then you look up, as you're near the shore, people are starting to run toward the shore, and you're like, no, 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 no. What, what do you want to do in that moment? You want to hide. At that point, I want to jump in the water because I don't want to see these people. And don't judge me. Don't judge me because you've done the same thing. How many of you, let's be honest, this is a second chance. You, you can be honest here. How many of you have ever been at a grocery store or at a restaurant or in public and you saw somebody? But they didn't see you. You intentionally hid from that person. Okay, yeah, hand, okay. And if you don't have your hand raised, you're a liar. I hope you, I hope you feel good. Or, or have you ever faked a phone call? Oh my gosh, you got, oh, I'm on the, on the phone. You know, I, because people are weird. 
aren't they? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was, I, was at a, I was in the restroom not too long ago. And it's, the, you know the rule when you're in the men, when you're in the restroom, when you're the standy, don't look at the person next to you. Just don't look. So, I'm assuming the guy next to me goes, He goes, he goes, hey, man, hey, man, I got, I got a question for you. It's like, okay. He said, you think we can get a selfie? <laughs> the freak are you doing? He goes, after we're done, after we're done. I was like, no, we can't, no. You just, I, I promise you that happened. I promise you it happened. So there's, there's times you're just trying to get away from people, right? Because it's just weird. And here comes Jesus and the apostles, and they're thinking, we're going to get away. And then there's all these people, and they're like, oh, my gosh. They're bothered by this because at the end of the day, they just want to eat, and all these people are going to stop it. And so they start talking, and I'm thinking, like, you know what? Jesus is going to put a stop to this. He wants to eat too. We know he's hungry, and he wants to eat, so he's going to put a stop to it. But then there's a problem. Jesus switched tactics on them. Jesus saw the huge crowd, and as he stepped out from the boat, he had Dang it. <laughs> right? Isn't it, isn't it funny how we always want Jesus to have compassion on us? We just don't want him to have compassion on those people. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't say that in the 830 service. They missed it. But, but, but it's, in it, we, we, want have Jesus, we want Jesus to have compassion on us, but not other people. So he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things, which meant the teaching was going to go on for a really long time. Now, just to be honest with y'all, it's, it, I don't know if you've ever been in a job evaluation where they say strengths and weaknesses, strengths and weaknesses. Well, now we can't say weaknesses because that's not politically correct. So now we say opportunities for improvement. Now, if you were giving me an, op- if, if God were giving me an evaluation, my top opportunity for improvement would be in the area of compassion. Now, that's switched over the past four or five years because when you get broken, it's funny how you get more compassionate toward other people that have been broken. You get wait. Listen, I'll tell you something about a judgmental person. They've never been broken. They've never been broken. And so it, it, God, God has a way of just kind of breaking that out of you. And so I, it, it's, 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 it's funny um, how we, we want God to have compassion on us. And so God's been working on this in my life. And, and, and I don't like it but he's been increasing my compassion levels. Has God ever done something in your life that you needed but you don't like? Say yes. yes. So, for example, I'm in the gym. Um, this is just last week. And, and if I'm in the gym and I'm not talking to you, it's nothing personal. I just don't want to talk to you um, because that's my time and I'm working out and I've got music playing. I'm in a rhythm. You know what I'm saying? And every once in a while, you'll see somebody in the gym and they're looking at you like they know you and you're like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. And I notice a guy and he's kind of giving me the side eye. You know what his side eye when he's kind of looking like this? And, and my automatic reaction is look down, just look down, look down. And, and I'm working out and I'm like, if I, if I don't look at him, he can't see me. If I don't look at him, he can't see me. Next thing I know, he's tapping me on the shoulder in the middle of my workout. He's tapping me on the shoulder. I look up and, and I take my ear thing out. He goes, I hate to be that guy. And my, my, first, my first reaction was, then don't then don't be that guy. Let me just make this easy for you. But I didn't say that because God's kind of working on this compassion thing. He said, I hate to be this guy, but he said, um, 
I need to, I need to just, just a real quick minute. And, and I was about to kind of come up with some excuse and, and the Lord was like, hey, this isn't about you. And I was like, and it, it kind of is, God, I'm in the gym working out. <laughs> he was like, it ain't gonna help, just, just stay there. So um, he said, he said uh, I got a question for you. Um, he said, and he said, me and my wife, we had a, a, a baby girl about three years ago. He said, we, we struggled to get pregnant for a really long time and we couldn't get pregnant and uh, we finally did the fertility thing, and, and then we had this, this baby, and she's been just the greatest miracle. Uh, he said, but my wife's brother won't talk to us now. And I said, why? And he, and he, got, kind of, he got a little emotional. He was like, um, because he said the birth of my daughter wasn't natural. Now, I have a strong opinion on this. And you don't have to agree with me, but I ain't got time to fight this week because I'm right and you're wrong. And so just, just stay with me here. He said, he said, Pastor P, what, what, do I, what do I do? What do I say? I said, I'll tell you the answer. I said, your brother-in-law I said, your brother-in-law's an idiot. I'm not, I don't know what some of you are thinking. That isn't compassionate. Well, I'm not trying to show compassion to his brother-in-law. I'm trying to show compassion. He said, he said, well, he said I kind of felt that way. I was like, well, you're, good. you're right. He's an idiot. Why does, he, why does he not accept the birth of his niece? What, what, what's the problem? He goes, well, it's not natural. That's what he tells me. It's not natural. I said, okay, okay. Tell him if he doesn't want to be a hypocrite to get rid of his air conditioner this summer because air conditioner isn't natural. And tell him to stop driving a car because cars are not natural. And if he's on blood pressure medicine, tell him to stop taking his blood pressure medicine because his blood pressure medicine isn't natural. And while you're at it, you and your wife go home and hug that three-year-old little girl because she is a gift from God. She is a blessing from the Lord. And when he walked away, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And God was like, that wasn't about him. That was about you. That's you having compassion. It's about you having compassion. I was like, that's awesome, God. Thank you. Next time, could it not be in my workout? But anyway, anyway, (laughs) it's funny how when we need things, God will kind of work. And so he's working on the compassion. And now he's also working on the compassion of the apostles. Because remember, they started out the story, they were hungry. And now he's talking to these people. And finally, they, they go late in the afternoon. Late in the afternoon. They've been waiting all day. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and we've already missed a blue plate special, and it's getting late. S- send? Send the crowds away. So they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. See, Second chance, don't miss this. If we're not careful, we will send the people away that Jesus called us to reach and disguise it as concern for those people. Jesus is there to reach people. The apostles are trying to send, just send them, and, and, and they use the people as an excuse. Now, we've all done that before. We've all made up excuses. In fact, if you've got a baby, if you have a baby, two years or younger, you can pull this off. You can do anything you want to in the world and blame it on the baby, and people accept it. You can, you can be in a crowded room of people that you just don't, you just need to leave, and you'll stand up, hey, got to get this baby home. And everybody goes, yeah, cool, so I understand. And no, 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 nobody pushes back. If it's just you by yourself, got to get, oh, you don't have to run off? Yeah, no, I really do need to run off away from you. 
But you got a baby, it's a free ticket. You can buy a brand new car. Did you buy a brand new car? Yep. Safety for the baby. God, yes. I, I, I probably need to go get me one of those. You can buy a brand new house. Why'd you buy that house? Baby. Baby needs a safe. Yes, the baby needs a safe house. I, I can't pull that off with the baby, I'm, I'm, but I pulled it off with my dog now. Hey, I got to leave. No, you don't. No, I got to run home and check on my dog. I, you, you can blame things on people. You can blame things on the And this is what the disciples are doing. They're coming up to Jesus going, you know, we're just, we're concerned for the people. We're so concerned that we need to send them away. My God, has church world got like that? I'm so concerned about your addiction that you don't need to attend here anymore. I'm so concerned about your anxiety that you don't need to attend here. And I'm so concerned that you had the affair that you're not welcome here anymore. And I'm so concerned that you had the baby but you weren't married that you don't need to attend here anymore. And we're just doing it because we're concerned for you. You ever seen that? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not what it's supposed to be. And so, so they're trying to send the people away, but, but they're the ones that are hungry. Now, I love Jesus' response. Jesus said, you feed them. Can you imagine the apostles? There are like 20,000 people. Jesus goes, you feed them. I love their answer. With what? It's a great answer, isn't it? I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but one of my favorite things to do on Instagram is put up pictures of Jeeps with um, DMX, Lord, give me a sign, because I like DMX, don't judge me. I like DMX, and I like that song, and I like Jeeps. And I've had people say, you need to go get you a Jeep. You need to go. Finally, this week, I started going, with what? With what am I supposed to go get a Jeep? Because the last time I went and looked at them, they wanted money. I don't have a lot of that, right? So with what? This is a legitimate question. You feed them. With, with what, King Jesus, Savior, Messiah of the world, sir? <laughs> Going to, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. These people. These people, put them in a category, put them in a group. These people, we'd have to work a long time to buy money for these people. But don't miss this, don't miss this. Jesus was speaking potential in his, to, into his disciples. Jesus said, you feed them. Jesus knew that with him, the disciples were able to do the impossible. So when Jesus told them, you feed them, he was speaking potential into their lives. That's why I believe connecting with God through scripture or through worship or through church is a good thing because if we'll listen to him, God isn't speaking condemnation. He's speaking potential into our lives because at first the apostles are looking going, there's no way we can feed these people. And Jesus is going, exactly. There's no way that you can do it. But if you'll tag team with me, we can get this done. And I believe that Jesus is trying to speak some potential into somebody today going, you don't see what he sees. But at the end of the day, Isaiah 55 says, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And at the end of the day, he believes in you so much so that he would tell you to do something that at first glance, you think it's impossible. With what? With what, Jesus? How am I supposed to do that? Where are we supposed to buy the food? I love this. How much, how much bread? How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, 
We have five loaves of bread and two fish. And we know from other accounts, it wasn't even theirs. They got it from a little boy. Like, hey, boy, come here. You got some food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. They didn't even have enough food to feed themselves. They didn't even have enough food to feed themselves. And so they, they come to Jesus and they said, all we have is five loaves and two fish. And in another account, they asked the question, how far will that go among so many? In other words, we don't have enough. I was talking to somebody the other day. I'm learning. I'm, I'm still learning about social media. There's so much that I, I don't know. And, and somebody was teaching me the other day about filters. Did y'all know about filters? Okay, I didn't. And some of you are like, I know, I follow you on social media. You obviously need a filter. But, but filter, like, filters can make you look better. I, I got this one picture. It's one of my favorite pictures of the world. Karis and I had just eaten at the Waffle House, and I let down the tailgate of my truck, and I took a picture of us, and I love it, except for I'm, I got this big smile, and there's a piece of pepper right here in my teeth. And it's like, hey, people. I mean, you can see it for miles. But, you know, there's a filter that you can take the pepper out. Did you know that? Did you know there's a filter that makes your face look slimmer? I'm so glad because I had somebody reach out to me two weeks ago and told me I needed a facelift. No, I'm not making that. No, she's great. She's sweet. She's a sweetheart. I, I love her to death. She just said I needed a facelift. I was like, oh, dear God. And I'm petrified because my dad and my grandfather both have the little gobbler thing under here. And I don't, I, I'm not trying to be offensive. I just don't want that thing right there. Like you turn your head and you like take out seven people to the right or the left. Filters. And you, and you know what? You know what I think one of our problems is? I've just been thinking, I just figured this out. Some of you knew this. One of the problems is there are people in this room that you think you're not enough because you're comparing yourselves to the filtered lives of your friends online. You're, you're, you're comparing, and, and the only reason I know you're doing this is because I do it too. Like somebody puts a picture up and they're on this awesome vacation. And you're like, sucks to be me, stuck here in Belton. <laughs> right? Somebody puts up an awesome family picture, and they look so beautiful, and you can't get your, I mean, you're convinced one of your kids on crack. The other one, I mean, you can't get them to sit still for a picture. You don't understand. It took them seven hours to get that picture. But we compare ourselves, and there's people in this room that you think when it comes to living for Jesus that you're not enough, you don't have enough, there's no way you could ever be enough, but in Christ, anything that we have is enough. You are enough right now. As you are, you are enough. You may not have what you want. You may not have what they have. You may not have what you used to have, but you've got exactly what God wants you to have. And that is enough for him to do a miracle in you that will absolutely blow your mind. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to walk out of these doors hearing, right now, you are enough. So, so he, 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 he tells them, you know, we got five loaves and two fish. Now, this is what's crazy because we said brokenness leads to blessing. And I don't know about you, but, but I like instant gratification. I love, I love like, okay, God, bless me in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor P, I'd like to buy a Jeep. That's a blessing. God, heal me in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, this is better. 
I like, I like instant gratification. I, I like that. But do you know that God doesn't usually work like that? What, what, what's this? I've never heard this taught on. And, and I understand why, because I don't, I don't like it, but it's true. So I got to teach on it. Then Jesus told the disciples, how the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups, 50 or 100. There's 20,000 people. And they had to sit in groups of 50. Or can you see this happening? Peter goes out and he goes, all right, all right, everybody get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, twenty-eight. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, see the hand. Twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three. Don't talk to me. I'm gonna lose count. Thirty-four, thirty-five, sixty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, eight, forty-nine, fifty. All right, y'all sit down. No, I, I know that you want to be with them. You can't be with them. They're gonna be in the other group right next to you. Okay, just sit down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see what's going on here? It's a process. It's a process. Jesus, you're enough. And Jesus is going to take us from where we are to where we need to be. He's going to take us from brokenness to blessing. But it's a process. Don't give up. Because you're in a process. That Jesus, he works through a process. Even when he was paying for the sins of the world, there was the cross. Then there was Saturday where everything seemed silent. But on Sunday, things changed. It It was a process. So you might not be where you thought you would be, or you might not be where you think you need to be. But you know what? You're in a you're in a process. There's a process for moving from broken. To blessed, and if 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 you want to give up, I hope you hear me say today that you may be on the verge of wanting to quit, and God's going one, two, and He's arranging things in your life so that the miracle can actually be distributed in order. Isn't that good? That was good. That wasn't from me. That was from God. All right. It's just, I didn't even say that in the last service. So here we go. Now watch this. Watch this. This is crazy. I've, this has been in the Bible for 2,000 years. Somebody pointed it out to me about 10 years ago, and I still didn't see it. I didn't see it until I was preparing for this message, but this is crazy. Jesus took the five loaves because hey, he'll take what you give him. I ain't got enough. And Jesus is like, well, just give it to me. doesn't matter what you got. Just, just give me that. All I got is some pain. Give me that pain. All I got is some confusion. Oh, I'll take the confusion. I've got some hurt and doubt. I'll take, I'll take all that too. I'll just take it. Just, just give it to me. I can use it. Five loaves, two fish. How far is that going to go? I, just, just give me what you got. Just give me what you got. Give me what you got. Two the two, he looked toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, what did he have to do to the loaves? He had to break them. Huh, it's kind of weird. Um, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone. They all ate as much as they wanted. So they took what they had, they put it in the hands of Jesus, and it winds up being enough. 
But the process, process is what got me. The process. The, the, the Bible says Jesus took the five loaves. He, he took the five loaves. Okay, I, I'll take that. And then he blessed it. Then he broke it. And then he gave it. That's, that's amazing. He, he took it. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it. That's the, that's the process. It can't be multiplied until it's broken. But after it's broken, it's enough. And it goes further than we could ever imagine. Jesus took it. And he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave it. And if we think about it, that's what he did through scripture. He took Abraham from the land of Ur of the Chaldeans. And he blessed him with a promise. But then he broke him by helping him understand it was in God's time, not Abraham's time. And then he gave him a son who became Isaac, who became Jacob, that eventually turned into the promise that God promised. He took Joseph from among his brothers and he blessed him with a dream and he broke him in prison, but then he gave him to, pot, to, to the Pharaoh and he became second in command of all of Egypt. He took David from the sheep pens and he blessed him with an anointing and he broke him when he was on the run from Saul and he gave him the kingdom of Israel. He took Peter from the shores of the Sea of Galilee and he blessed him with an invitation and he broke him on the night that he betrayed Jesus and then he blessed him by letting him preach on the day of Pentecost to 5,000. I don't know about you, but he took me from sin and he blessed me further than I ever deserved and he broke me in ways that I never could have imagined so he could bless me. This morning when I was pulling up in the parking lot, if you would have told me when I was going through that strip search that one day you will pastor again, I wouldn't have believed it. But I'm here to tell you, brokenness leads to blessing. And if he's done it for me, he'll do it for you because that's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God we serve. God, take me and bless me and break me and give me. Take me and bless me and break me and give me because I believe that in you, if I'm not dead, you're not done and the best is yet to come. Let's sing.